Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon here on a Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. It's Ken Miller and Trent Condon uh, for the next couple of hours to talk sports with you. Thanks for uh, tuning in here this morning. BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. We'll start with Vinny Iyer, who covers the NFL for the uh, Sporting News. Pretty good slate of games when you get right down to it coming up this weekend. We will uh, talk about a couple of those and uh, go back with Vinny, what we've seen uh, so far this season. He'll join us at about 1025. Dave Sproul uh, from KSI and, of course, from Learfield. He's part of the uh, Learfield uh, football coverage. He'll join us at 1045, recap the players and coaches. Coach Campbell Avail yesterday uh, up in Ames as they get set to head to Lawrence to take on the Jayhawks. 2.30 on uh, Saturday afternoon, ESPN2 has that one. At 11.05, John Bowenkamp, he covered the press conference yesterday at the University of Iowa with Kirk Ferentz and a number of players. We'll get John Bowenkamp's take on what he heard, what he expects when Michigan comes to town. Fox has that one at uh, 11.05. Of course, both the uh, Hawkeyes, they're down the hall on 1040 WHO, and the Cyclones down the other hall on 100.3, the bus. And then, Trent Condon, the guest list is wrong. I just realized. Oh, no. Oh. The cap man is Thursday. Oh, that's right. Mitch Holtis will join us at... uh, uh, at 11.30 as he uh, talks about those Kansas City Chiefs cappy on Thursday. You're throwing me off. Well, your twins threw you off a little bit. They looked like a ball team last night yeah. taking on a team that really doesn't have a pulse. And you watched that garbage? No, nah, very little, just because we both have... What's wrong with you? Um, you know, financial stake. Ah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I wanted to make sure that they put one in the win column, tease me a little bit. Uh, no, I watched the Yankees and the Blue Jays. As did I. Did you? Where, did you, where was it for you? On, the TBS. Uh, TBS had yeah. it? Yep, it was the T- Brian Tuesday. Anderson doing it? I don't even know. I mean, I had it on in the background. I bet he was. Yeah. Hmm. Wasn't really listening. I watched Again, uh, remember, I have Fox. a seven and three year old at the house. No, I get it, dude. I understand. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be critical. Who's doing the play by play? No clue. Right. Uh, it's, uh, I had the Yes Network on ah. yesterday. I, I'd hope to get the Jay's feed, but they. Do you like Kay? He's okay. He's all right. He's too, I like David New York for me. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I, I can get that. That, that um, I, I understand. That's fair. Um, but it's the Yankees and it's the Chase and sure. et cetera. And they had a lot of history that they would bring up with Roger Maris. And mm-hmm. for the historical part of the broadcast, I did appreciate that. But that's where I was last night. Boy, Boba Shad had a tough night. Yikes. He was awful. Uh, but the uh, Cardinals clinch, the Yankees clinch. Uh, and the Cardinals clinching means more to us here in central Iowa, so let's congratulate them. What a story, Trent, because, you know, you go back to end of July, mm-hmm. they were looking up at the Milwaukee Brewers. Right. And you get to where we're at now on the 28th of September, and they have clinched, and they did it, it did so in just, uh, uh, they played terrific baseball in the final couple of months of the regular season. And as you've said, and I don't disagree with this, uh, if you're looking for a dark horse, you know somebody with a little bit of a price. Right. You've identified both of the three seeds as maybe that's where you want to land: Cleveland in the American League, St. Louis in the National League. Now, tough field for both of those franchises, clearly. But if you want a price, you don't want to bet favorites. There you go. Yeah, I think those are the two that you definitely have to look in, not just to get past the wild card round because of what they have, but then 
you know, the possibility. What are the Mets and the Braves now down the stretch? How well, important here's is the, it to win here, the division? Very important. And but here, here's the thing about that series. They have a three-game series this weekend in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and they are in a flat-footed tie as we wake up here this morning. And oh, by the way, Hurricane Ian, yeah. you know where it's going after at least Florida? Right through Atlanta. Now, it won't be the hurricane, right. but the rain is going to be mm-hmm. there. And there's major concerns that this weekend is going to, uh, Hurricane Ian is going to wreak havoc. It was to Brian Anderson. Thank you, um, New Minglewood. <laughs> Uh, LeVar, LeVar Woods, Iowa City, head, or, uh, U of I head coach in waiting. Uh, it was Brian Anderson. Thank you for tweeting that into us. But p- back to my point, mm-hmm. Atlanta and the Mets this weekend potentially could be a mess weather-wise. And if indeed this weekend means like we as much as we believe it's going to, what are they going to do? What's the best scenario for Major League Baseball? It's a home series, obviously, for Atlanta. Well, they want it there, clearly. It's over to the Braves. But they both have an off day tomorrow. So do you get them there? Get them started. Both teams are flying to Atlanta tonight, and it's not like Atlanta's already home, so there's not an advantage right. there. They're both on the road, and they would, but they both have to get back to Atlanta. One of them's in Washington. One of them is not in Washington. <laughs> uh, neither one of them are home. Well, because they're talking about the possibility of what Tampa having to move up to U.S. Bank Stadium, playing that Heard game that. in Minneapolis. If you're baseball, the football team Tampa's was right, right yes. against the Chiefs, yes. For this Atlanta Mets series, Mets are in, um, I don't know where they are. You, you don't want to move it to the home ballpark, obviously, in the Mets. You, no, you absolutely not. I mean, you can't give them that kind of advantage. Mm-hmm. So you can't do that. You can't even put it like Yankee State. And you also don't want to deal with weather at all, right? If you're having these teams have to travel, and if they do, like you said, started a day early, you have to mm-hmm. look at it in an aspect. No, the we Mets have, are home, but they still got to travel to Atlanta. Right, right. You have to put it in a place that you know the games are going to get in. Mm-hmm. You can't take anything no. on the East Coast. Too important. Can't. I mean, that thing just keeps moving up, and mm-hmm. oh, we're going to put it in Washington. Well, why? Right. <laughs> There's a chance. So you put it in a dome stadium? I mean, just so you don't have to worry about weather. Well, how many of those are left in baseball? Well, you could go to Milwaukee, and I don't know. Yeah. They, uh, are they home? Uh, you could go to Arizona. You could go to. Do, do you want to put a West Coast trip on? The team's going there. I mean, you want to make it relatively easy. Mm-hmm. There's not a roof in Detroit. Nope. Nope. Milwaukee might be the place. Are the Brewers home this weekend? Let's see here. Milwaukee. No, they're home for Miami. Well, then that's out. Unless you do a day-night doubleheader, flip-flop back and mm-hmm. forth between the two. Is Houston home? Oh, Houston. That's a good call. The Astros. They are... Yes, they're at home, too. Well, that's not going to work. Obviously, Tampa has a roof, but uh-huh. you, don't you don't want to put it. it there. Right. That's where the storm what, is, the what, eye of the storm. What a mess this is. It is. It, it's, um, and this is critical importance of the standings in this thing. Kansas City, they're on the road. No roof. Not but crazy. Yeah. Not, not, it Weather-wise, might be an option. good yep. this weekend, I believe. I say you get them there. They're both going to be there tonight. Play tomorrow. Play tomorrow. A- so early. that's one down. Or maybe play a doubleheader tomorrow. Yeah, you could do that, too. Play noon, that and too. noon, 7 o'clock, then or back-to-back? Back. Then you've got Friday, Saturday, Sunday to get one game in. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. Anyways, baseball down the stretch. I Man, Fred, give us a call. Year. we got ideas. We do. Uh, they have to be. They have to be working on this behind the scenes. It's too, it's too important. But back to the Cardinals for just a second. Uh-huh. Uh, what, what a... Um, what a season out of the out of this team again, right? Here they are back in the playoffs. It's crazy the success that this franchise year after year, and um, you know, I, I I look at this roster before the season and thought, eh, they'd be a decent team, but mm-hmm. I don't think they're the best team in the division. And lo and behold, here they are. Um, 
the contributions that they've I mean the pull hole story supersedes everything to get to seven hundred. But the team overall is just a solid gutty baseball team and Oliver Marmol, who I was surprised he got the gig in the first place. Absolutely. I, was first, I was first of all surprised that they did Schulte the way they did, that yep. they ran him out of town. Which didn't make sense on the surface. It didn't. And then you dig in a little bit. And the players love this Marmol dude. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he's tough on him. A guy he's, with no experience. None. Boy, they're handing over right. this organization to this guy. Uh-huh. But we talked to you know, the people that we talked to in baseball. And to a T, everyone said, he's as beloved as you're going to mm-hmm. find. But like you said, also hard on him. It's not, yep. he is a player's coach with us. Also, have but a if you don't run one him. out, or if you mm-hmm. you know you do something that kind of embarrasses the squad, you're just going to take you out of the game. Play the game the right way. Uh-huh. So he asks. And look what the team did. Look how they responded. And off to the playoffs, they shall go. Good for them. Good for them. 90 wins this season. It's unreal. Too. I didn't see that. I didn't either. I thought... 82, yeah. 83. Right in that typical, range. Typical, yeah. 85 maybe gets them a playoff berth, mm-hmm. but that's, how, you know, that's the Cardinals. They're not going to be a morbid franchise. You don't see them falling back... Uh, significantly, but uh, here they are and uh, good for them. All right, so the press conferences yesterday uh, for both Iowa and Iowa State. Um, you did your podcast, so let me start with the. Yeah. Let me start there with the Hawks. Your Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Mm-hmm. Who do you do it with? Well, I do it twice weekly with Sean Lashawn Daniels, the former Hawkeye running back. Uh, that's on usually Tuesdays and Fridays where I talk with LaShawn and then my buddy Biz, we used to do the Degenerate Hawkeyes podcast together. Uh-huh. Uh, one of my best friends growing up and college together, everything. So, uh, yeah, we've done that now for a couple of years, and we moved that over. So we do that together once a week. And then two of the days, I do it on my own solo. So it's every day, daily Hawkeye talk. It, every single day Every single that. day, yeah. Monday through Friday, uh, do that 25, 30 minutes, something like that, just talking Hawks and what's going on in the world. And... Uh, the one we had that is up today. Well, that's what I want to start because um, our, our buddy Scott Knock from the sales department came. Where's Condon? <laughs> he was fired up. <laughs> he was fired. I saw I, I saw the tweet about his podcast, and he's and there's five ways that uh, that I was going to beat Michigan. I want to. I don't want to listen to the podcast. I don't have time. I want him to tell me um, what these are. So, what are they? Well, it was five reasons that they can beat Michigan, and a big portion of it is historical data. It's historical data looking back of, obviously, the top five matchups. We've talked about that this week and how I was 1-5 of the last six. And the only loss came against Penn State in the final play of the game. So how good they've been, mm-hmm. obviously, in spots like this at Kinnick Stadium. That's a part of it. Also, who were the quarterbacks in those historical games you're referring to? Not Spencer Petras. Uh-huh. <laughs> not Spencer Petras and any one of them. Another part is... Iowa coming off a blowout loss, and I thought that was pretty interesting. So our other friend, Sean, stat boy, we call him, he always comes up with some statistical nuggets in there. Oh, you got a whole teamwork. Oh, on absolutely, this. yeah. We, we work hard on it. and First-rate podcast. You come out and look at Iowa after they get blown out the year previous by somebody. Well, obviously, we know it happened back in December in the Big Ten Championship game. And Iowa historically has been great. So not the week before when they right. see that team again. The, the second time. Year. The payback, gotcha. if you will, gotcha. factor. Uh, the following season, and Iowa's been very good in that spot. So again, it's a lot of historical data. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's looking at this Michigan team. And McCarthy holds the ball maybe for an extra beat back there. He's good, though. Yo, he's good. He's good. And he's a difference maker for yeah. Michigan. That's why, even last year with McNamara, mm-hmm. he's a different quarterback. Now, for this game... McNamara might be the guy that might be better because there's still something about McCarthy. He still makes those mistakes. He's still And he's playing against the defense who will get after him. Yes, and they mm-hmm. will tr- look to force turnovers. Ultimately, though, this is where I come down. There's five reasons. You can listen to the podcast, and, and we go through each of them. My response was Spencer Petras, 
Brian Ferentz, <laughs> offensive line. Playing the hits. Alec Wick and Jack Johnson playing hey, wide receiver. Yeah. That's different than any of these upsets we've talked about in the past, the payback factor, all these things. And that's why ultimately, God, it's going to be such a difficult road. This Michigan team's really good. I think they are too. Now, I don't think they're Ohio State good, but they're close. They're close. They're Now we can even, with the close win against Maryland, those first three games were jokes. Yeah. I mean, they were no, low. that's true. But here's what I want to, I want to stop for a second. I think Maryland's better than – it's just not Maryland. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they've got a pull. Give me your top five team. Power rank the, the Big Ten. Big Ten. Overall. Top five. Obviously, number one's easy. Number two is easy. Who's three? Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Minnesota. I think that's the top I think four. that's fair. I think that's fair. Then Who do you more. put fifth? I can't find anybody in the West. Certainly not. Um, it's not Iowa right now with no, their offensive No, it's not. It's not Wisconsin. I think Illinois is better than they've been. I don't. I think Purdue is good, but O'Connell's hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's Michigan State. It's certainly not Indiana. No, Indiana's putrid. They're three and one, and they got blown might, out. Last might weekend. it be Maryland? You can make the argument after what we saw last week, going into the big house, giving away seven points to begin the football game, uh-huh. and coming back and playing them toe to toe. Iowa and Maryland were playing this weekend on a neutral field. Who'd you make the favorite? From what I've seen so far, it's the uh, Turks. Maryland. And I know Hawkeye fan. You're going, no, we played them last, last year. year. Yeah, did you see that one? You moron. Different team. <laughs> different team. And that was a different night. Uh-huh. That was a night where it all came together it and it all fell apart for mm-hmm. Maryland on the other side. You can't put Wisconsin at five. No, you can't. Absolutely not. Because of the defense and special teams, maybe you can make an argument for, for Iowa. Iowa. Yes, for sure. But you got to see more. You do. And we saw a little bit against Rutgers. Offensively, but, we're talking about. Now, take another step forward this week against Michigan. Not going to be easy. Not at all. Not going to be easy. How do you score? How do you score against Michigan with what we've seen from Iowa uh, offensively? Well, I saw quite a bit of the Michigan-Maryland game because I had a significant interest in it in that Bet Rivers contest. Oh, yeah. I was in and I was pissed. <laughs> I hate betting games for that reason. I just hate it. Um it's not your strength. It's just not. Give me, I'll bet futures till the cows come home. We know that. I did it last. I got involved last night. After 8.30? Yeah. Oh, jeez. I got to lock the phone. Um, yeah. What'd you bet? I just I decided to shore up my NHL. Oh, jeez. Do you have your uh, Do you have your legal notepad out again? There, yes, you had I've got everything. Yeah. Well, because I bet all this, but I don't want to lose money. Yes, right? so you want to see how you do overall. Right. Yeah. I'm not going to make a big profit, but I'm going to be involved... I bet the Lanch because they're four and a half to one or four mm-hmm. and a quarter. And I think they're going to go down. I'll lose if they win the cup, but at least I'll get something back. But anyways, right. uh, you can make a case for Iowa five over Maryland. Mm-hmm. But it, to your point, if they were to play this weekend on a neutral field, yeah, it's coin flip. It, it is. I agree. Iowa to move the football against Michigan. How do they do it? That was running your game. Running game's been good. It's improving. Uh huh. Caleb Johnson's a difference maker. He's good, isn't he? I know Gavin Williams is a local kid. Mm-hmm. He's fine. Yeah. Caleb Johnson's different. Yeah, he is. Sean Williams, nice player. Mm-hmm. Caleb Johnson. And I was really high on both of the Williams going into the season. I thought that they were going to be, boy, can't wait to watch these two. How did but they beat Michigan? They beat Michigan the last time in 2017 by, no, it was Akram Wathley. Yeah. He was the difference maker in that game. You need difference makers. Yeah. There's not a difference maker wide receiver. No. Nico no. Ragagini being back, great. No. He's not a difference maker. No, he's not. Sam Laporta There's a whole bunch of them is a nice sure. tight end. Yep. He's not a difference maker. He, he, he's not. Yeah, he's not. He's a nice tight end. He's a nice tight end. 
He's not a difference maker. No, Spencer no. Peters certainly. Well, he's a difference maker the other way. Yeah. <laughs> you have one player on offense that's a difference maker. This needs to be the game. Trading wheels are off. Caleb Johnson, 15, 18, 20 mm-hmm. touches. You're going to run. Mm-hmm. We're going to go. That offensive line needs to be better. And no more screwing around. If that offensive line sucks the first possession, put Tyler Ellsbury in there right away. How different the run game made right away when he came into the game. This rotation is big boy football now. you yeah. got to be ready to go. No yep. more of the rotations. Find your five best and go with them and roll through them. Mm-hmm. And Ellsbury certainly has looked at this point in the season like he's one of the five best. Can he get, can he get two scores? Can you get a touchdown and a field goal out of the, the offense? Defense? Out of the offense. No, out of the offense. Two sustained drives. Two eight-play, 60-yard drives. One ends in yes. a touchdown. One, you get yes. that. You get a short field from a pick. Uh-huh. And then you got to score more than 20 to win this game. I think you do, too. you got to probably get to 24. Yeah. I, I Defensive mean, touchdown, a short field, and two sustained drives. It's too drives. much to ask, Trent. It's, it's <laughs> too much to ask. Look at what we're asking here. I know. We're not, we're not asking for the moon. No, and, and we've seen this defense step up before. I mean, they scored twice last week. Yeah. Um, I, I, defense you can outscored see why, the offense for the second time this year. Right. You can see why Michigan will come into Kinnick as a 10.5 point. Is it still 10.5? A, a lot of 11s. A couple of 11.5s popped at least yesterday uh-huh. when I looked. Uh-huh. Yeah, that thing continues to rise. So I um, get the feel, the, the Cyclone fans that I, that I speak to, that they're nervous about this game against Kansas. Do you? Are they? Um... I think they're annoyed. That's one thing that I've noticed is an annoyance. All this love about Kansas. Hey, our program has been here for the last five years, mm-hmm. and now they're the this bell new the kid on the block. Well, remember last summer, the shiniest new object. You had Chris the Bear Felica talking about Iowa State in the college football playoff. Yeah. You had national people yeah. doing the same things, mm-hmm. and what did you proven? Not a real whole lot, right? In comparison, this is what happens when you have a team coming out of nowhere, like Iowa State did. Yeah, people love to jump on mm-hmm. to the story, and because of that, they're going. What, what, if, if you're down, they're going to keep you down. Oh, absolutely. Uh-huh. They're going to pile on. And when you win, and you do something, and they like did this, that with Felica, meaning the game day crew. Mm-hmm. They were relentless at time of his uh, not love, but uh, um, his belief in Iowa State. We'll put it that way. He's got the helmet behind him when he does the uh, hits on uh, on their gambling show on mm-hmm. ESPN. He's a Matt Campbell guy. It's great. It's good. Good for Iowa State getting some national love no like doubt. that when they show up on ESPN. Um, Are look, you concerned about this game? Because I'm, I'm not. concerned about Jalen Daniels. He's good. He's really good. Well, and and, go back to the Semo game. That quarterback yes, that they had that could move around and that's make my plays. Point. Yeah. And this guy can make plays. Oh yes, he can, and he's certainly better uh-huh. than the kid from Semo. There's uh, there's a reason that this guy's in. Is he top five favorites now for the Heisman? Uh, yeah, I saw, yeah, it's crazy. Leading, he's the leading rusher on the team. He can chuck it around. He's got an eleven to one touchdown to interception ratio. He's good. He's really good. Now I think Iowa State's going to score. Now conversely, when we're talking about Iowa, how are they going to score? I don't think Iowa State's going to have a trouble trouble scoring. No, I don't. Not at all. No. I think they'll score when they want. So this game to me's got. I don't know, 34-28, 37-31 kind of written all over. I think Iowa State prevails, but I think Jalen Daniels is going to give him fits. 57.5 is the number, by the way. Is it? Total. And I have seen a few people jumping aboard with that yeah. and uh, taking the over. It's a flat three across the board right now for Iowa State. In fact, a two and a half now has uh, popped up offshore. So there is some Kansas money that is starting to come in after this three ticked up to three mm-hmm. and a half. Now a little buyback coming uh, on the Jayhawks, it looks like. It'll probably it'll settle at three. I think so. I think that's the right number here. I'm laying it this weekend. I like Iowa State. I think the run comes to an end here. West Virginia, nice win. 
Yep. Down two scores. They come yep. back. Same thing yep. against Houston. Yep. If Iowa State gets out 14 nothing like those two teams did, Iowa State's not relinquishing that I don't lead. think so either. There's going to be a bunch of Cyclone fans in the building, which mm-hmm. is great that they're going to go travel down there. and uh, It's a relatively easy trip, and why not? All right, we will take a timeout. We'll come back and get into the NFL. Vinny Iyer, our friend from the Sporting News. Pretty good one tomorrow night. Miami and Cincinnati's good. Bills, Ravens this weekend. That's appointment TV, yes. for crying out loud. My gosh, that's got a chance to be really, really good. We're underway on a Wednesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Baseball. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, about 10.30 on a uh, Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. So we take you up until noon. Working on Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. Dave Sproul coming up in 15 minutes. Uh, we'll check in with Dave. Uh, Iowa State, Kansas this weekend. He was at the press conference availabilities from yesterday. So you mentioned uh, briefly uh, the NFL is considering, or I guess it's probably a contingency plans at mm-hmm. this point. Uh, they want to play the game on Sunday night. NBC wants the game on Sunday night. Mahomes versus Brady. Yeah, that's got a little juice to it. Um, both teams. Uh, coming off uh, disappointing, uh, at least for them this weekend, Baltimore Falls. Uh, and, of course, Green Bay is able to pick off Tampa Bay. Not uh, You wouldn't think that when the schedule came out that both of these teams would be licking their wounds a little bit in anticipation for this one. But here we are. And there's also a contingency plan out there that I read about the possibility of this game, game being moved off of Sunday night. So what would they put in their place? Well, it would probably have to be a late afternoon game. The likelihood, when they've done this in the past, the NFL, they have never moved a noon game okay. to the night window. It's been a 325 game or a 305 So game. here's your 305 games. And there's not many this week. It's one of those there, weeks. There's four. There's three. There's three. Arizona, Carolina, P.U. No thanks. Uh, New England at Green Bay. Probably a blowout. No Mac Jones. No Mac Jones. Um, it is Green Bay, and it's, it's two brands at least. Denver, Vegas. You just saw AFC Denver last West? week in Sunday Night Football. That's true. Put 11 points on the board. That's defense, Trent. Defense. Uh, chicks dig what was the long ball? Yeah. They, uh, yeah, Bradley Chubb's mouthing off that this is the best defense in the NFL. I mean, come on. You might be, but it's three weeks into the regular season. You know, let it breathe for a little bit. They're off to a good start. I'll give them that. They're, they're carrying the team right now because God knows Russell Wilson's not. That would be, I would think, that probably would win. But like you say, Denver was just on it. What do you do? You get to play TV exec. Well, I'm A, number one, keeping the game as is. But if I'm forced to move off of it, I think I ultimately go Green Bay, New England. Do you? No Mac Jones. Belichick. Belichick, yeah. Uh-huh. Aaron Jones brings eyeballs to TV sets. I Aaron Rodgers. Not Aaron, Aaron Jones. Jones. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Jones uh, is a hell of a player. He is. He doesn't uh, bring people to but TV. But his quarterback's even better. Yeah. Um, I, I guess... It would be Vegas, Denver. Uh, probably so. Yeah. Uh, let's get Jeff in here. Jeff, uh, welcome to the program. How are you? Good. Uh, a couple of quick things. Uh, I was looking at the NFL lines. There's 12 games this weekend that's a four-and-a-half-point line or less. Mm-hmm. I just thought that awesome. was uh, yeah, unbelievable. Um, real quick on the Cyclones. I haven't heard you guys talk about this or say this. Maybe I'm wrong. I think this is a must-win game for the Cyclones, and here's why. They've been beating Kansas pretty much every year. You could chalk it up as a win when they were both winning one, two games. The Cyclones could chalk that up as a win, call it a rivalry, call it whatever you want. 
Mm-hmm. But if they lose this game, here's their next three. Home against K-State, that's a 50-50 game, mm-hmm. correct? Yep. Okay. Then you have at Texas, whatever you want to say about Texas, they're going to be an underdog. Mm-hmm. Then you have a bye, and then you have Oklahoma. So if you don't win this week, you could be on. I mean, and we're we're not coaches. Coaches say, "Oh, we go week to week." Well, we're on the radio. We can we can look down the road. <laughs> yes, we There's can. A really good chance. Yes, we can. Yeah. This is a really good chance. This Cyclone team can be zero and five going to play West Virginia November fifth, and you're going to have people Iowa State fans jumping off. What is it, Sidetown? Oh, I'm sorry, that's not built yet. <laughs> but you know what I mean. There's going to be people. They'll be on the ledge. Now I don't see that happening, Jeff. I I get your point, Mm -hmm. Uh, and and it's and I appreciate the call. It's because of the conference; it's so wide open. Can you make the case that yes, you can? You can also make the case that they can. I don't think they'll win them all. No, uh, but they can certainly beat Kansas this weekend. K State's a toss up. I agree, but the game's at uh, Jack Trice Stadium. Going to be a great environment. Absolutely going to be. But I would hope it's a night game. Mm Uh, then you go to Texas, and Texas was really good against Alabama, but Texas was beaten by Texas Tech. Yes. Um, and then they get the bye week before they go to Oklahoma, and Oklahoma was just beaten at home by K. It's wide open. It's wide open. 500 um, in, in that slate. Is that is it an even number of games? One, two, three, four. Yeah, so two and two, two he and signed two. for. Two and two is probably realistic at this point. Your betting favorite right now at Circa is still is Oklahoma. now Baylor. Is Baylor? They're four to one. Oklahoma plus four twenty five. Oklahoma State is plus four ninety. Texas is six to one. But but listen to what you're saying. These are good prices for the second most popular team. Yes. Second lowest prices in the fours. TCU's up to plus two uh, seven fifty now. I mean, you mm-hmm. could get them at twenty five to one before mm-hmm. the year. Texas Tech at thirteen to one. How about this? The Kansas Jayhawks. You could get five hundred to one. Just ridiculous prices. They're now thirty-three to one mm. to win the conference. But this is what really caught my eye, and it got a play last night. Speaking of futures, <laughs> what did you bet? The Iowa State Cyclones are forty to one. You look at the rest of the prices that I just mentioned there. Uh-huh. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. That is ridiculous. I don't think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But the chances are better than forty to one. Sure, that Iowa State's going to win the Big Twelve this year. Mm-hmm. Much better. So you bet Iowa State at forty to one. Forty to one, no yeah. doubt. It's not bad. Um, do you have the look ahead lines for these? I do. Two? So, so this is Elite Sportsbook. Yeah, Elite Sportsbook, and they're over in Eastern Iowa, right? Yeah, they're in Riverside, just south of Iowa City. Uh, there's gotcha. also one over in Quad Cities. Who's in the? Um, you know, as, as we're as we're going to Clinton on on oh, tomorrow. Jeez, we're going tomorrow. Yeah. The, that that hotel right on the interstate of of the Quad Cities, right as you get in, the Rhythm City. Yes, it's Rhythm City. I believe I, that's Elite Sports. It's book. Elite too. I believe okay. so. So they got a couple, and I, and they've signed an agreement to go into Nebraska. Oh, really? Elite has. Hmm. So what? To, let's go to the uh, look ahead lines. Look at Iowa lines. State. Iowa State. Well, starting next week with Kansas State. Let's let's have you fire at this a little bit. Okay, so it's a um, it's a pick'em. It's Iowa State minus four and a half. Tick higher than I anticipated. I am with you. I'm I thought it'd be you. Iowa State favored, but I had a two and a half. Two, yeah, one, one, two. Uh, they go to Texas, where Texas is going to be a seven and a half point favorite. Eight and a half. Okay, good number there. Uh, they host Oklahoma. That game was originally scheduled to be on a Thursday. They that moved was, it off to Thursday. How great that was! Um, Oklahoma will come to town if. If um, Oklahoma will come to town and they are a two and a half point favorite, they're a six point favorite. Okay, this summer when the lines were out, it was three and a half four. 
depending on where you're shopping of the games of the year. Oklahoma, currently at Elite Sportsbook, minus six. West Virginia on homecoming. Iowa State would be a nine-and-a-half point favorite. Ten-and-a-half point favorite. You're doing well. They go to Oklahoma State where they are getting eight. Only three-and-a-half. That's wild. That was one that I looked at and said, if I was making a wager on this, I'd I'd lay it with the Cowboys. At this I point. might go against my policy. Though it's been really, really good games between these two teams uh-huh. that have been down to the wire mm-hmm. what the last three, four years. Yep. Uh, they've been excellent games down to the wire. So, You're getting that so, extra hook. Eh, maybe I so what they're saying there is neutral field. This is a toss-up yep. game. Uh, then they, their final home game of the year is uh, Texas Tech. Well, they'll be a decent favorite. Nine 11. and a half. 11. Is it 11? Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to ECU. Now, this one's probably changed from when it first came out. Um, TCU's a field goal favorite. It's a pickle. Okay. Pick'em, Iowa State at TCU. Look ahead lines available. You want to jump to the other side in Iowa? Yeah, let's do it. So this, and you can bet this, uh, they've got an app, right? Elite they do. does? Yep, yep. You can you can bet it right now. You can, of course, it's not like the old days when we started where that you had o- to go to the location. Uh, I know it. And open up uh, your account. Um, that Oklahoma State line. That one jumped out to you, It huh? does. I mean, didn't it to you? Yeah. I like Oklahoma State. You know that. I've liked them mm-hmm. all year. Just so many close games. All right, let's do Iowa. Um, at Illinois next week. And oh, Hawkeyes are favored. Yeah, I knew they would be favored. Um, but not as much because I think Illinois is better than... than um, they're certainly better than they've been. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're favored four and a half. They're favored by two. Okay. A little lighter than I anticipated. Yeah. Here's the one I can't. Uh, so Ohio, they go to uh, Ohio State. Uh-huh. Off to the shoe. This is following a bye, right? It is, yes. For both teams. The Buckeyes will also uh, be coming off a bye. That's too bad. Yeah. Um, the little advantage that you have. <laughs> Ohio State's favored 21 and a half. They are 21 and a half. Nailed it right on the dot. All right. And uh, that's where it was this summer. It was 21. So it really hasn't moved? Nope. Hasn't uh, moved. Northwestern pays a visit. Northwestern is not good. Um, Hawks will be favored by nine. Eighteen and a half. Are you kidding? That's one. Same thing. I got to grab the points. Look at last year. They were so much better than Northwestern. What was the final of that game? 17-12? Yeah. You have to grab 18 and a half. As bad as Northwestern is, I get it. You still have to grab those points. Uh, at Purdue, boy, that's that's something. That's mm-hmm. that's that's not good. Uh, at Purdue, um, pick them. Minus two for the Boilermakers. I'm laying it with Purdue. We've seen the series. Mm-hmm. Brom, yeah. not only does he make Kirk Ferentz look bad, he makes Phil Parker, who never looks yeah. bad. He point. makes his defenses look bad. Mm-hmm. That's something to be said. Charlie Jones got something in store, oh, you yeah. think? I'm laying the two with the Boilermakers there. So Wisconsin is up next, and they will come to The total Kinnick. is 28.5. Yeah, come on. <laughs> um, they will come to Kinnick, and they will be a two-and-a-half-point favorite. They're favored by one-and-a-half. Bucky is. Okay. At Minnesota. This one's changed. Significantly, yes. for sure. Minnesota will be favored in the football game. They'll be favored by seven and a half. They're favored by seven right now. Okay. Um, I believe it was, yeah, Chris Andrews at the South Point. He had this as one of his games of the year. The look ahead, if I remember correctly, was Iowa by like four. Wow, 11-point swing. 11-point swing Jeez, with the Gophers. And then finally, uh, Black Friday, Nebraska, and who's what to be left of that team when they come over. Um, Hawks are going to be favored. Mm-hmm. One of these years, wouldn't it be something if this game really meant something? No, it's not going to happen this no, year. No, I know it's not. I'm not talking about get to six. I'm talking about win the West. Right. Um, well, it probably will never happen. It never happen. It right? won't. Because yeah. it's going away. Yeah. Uh, I was favored by... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Nine. Just four. Really? That one kind of jumped out to me too. Close games lately. Close games for sure. The series is usually close. All right, we'll take a time out. We'll talk more about Iowa State. Dave Sproul is coming up. We'll reschedule Vinny Iyer for another day. Uh, Dave Sproul on Iowa State. He, uh, he was part of the uh, media scrum availabilities yesterday. We'll pick his brain on, uh, on this weekend's game as well. Miller and Condon underway on a Wednesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106. Healthy Life. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. We're with you until noon. Uh, in hour number two, John Bowen Camp. We'll talk Hawks, Michigan with John. And then Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Chiefs, Chiefs Tampa Bay. I'll get the latest from Mitch. What's he hearing as far as where the NFL, uh, what uh, contingency plans they have in store should that game not be able to play, uh, be played in Tampa? Dave Sprouse headed to Lawrence with the rest of the Learfield team. They've got uh, Iowa State, Kansas. You're not going Friday night. Well, maybe he is, but he's got a football. you got football duties first, do you not, with the little AIM Cyclones? That is entirely correct. So, yeah, some high school ball Friday night, which luckily is at uh, home for the little Cyclones. And then... Uh, and down in the morning, John Walters and I are going to hit the highway uh, super early and, and get down to Lawrence for uh, what should be a pretty good game. I think it will be, too. And, and I think there'll be a, a caravan of, uh, of Iowa State fans making their way down there. Good to see Kansas has a pulse again. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah, we want close games, don't you? I mean, maybe you don't if you're a fan of the team. Um, but, but you know, for, I think for the betterment of the sport, you want a close game, and I think that's what we're going to get. But let's look forward before, or backward rather, before we look forward. Uh, the Banner game, Dave, it just seemed like one of those days, right? At least that's how it was to me. Obviously, the... Uh, uh, the calls were not going Iowa State's way early in the football game. Uh, some of them worse than others. Clearly, the Johnson one was just, I mean, I don't know how you, th- you throw that flag, but regardless. And then Dylan Doyle did score on that same drive. But it was never, at least watching it, I'm anxious to see your thoughts. Just it never felt like, all right, here we go. Iowa State's going to be able to take over uh, and remained unbeaten. Did you get the sense that the tide turned at any point? No, and Iowa State certainly had a chance to do that. End of the half? They were able to yeah, score a touchdown at the end of the half. You're getting the opening kickoff in the second half. you got a great opportunity to take the lead and, and take a little bit of control. I didn't anticipate at any point that either team really I thought was going to be totally in control of that game. Uh, Baylor was for a good long stretch in that second half because Iowa State didn't take advantage of that opportunity they had. Just went out there, went three and out on the first possession of the third quarter, and that's something that uh, Matt Campbell lamented, you know, at, at, both after the game and, and yesterday, too, uh, in recapping that game. It's just Iowa State, despite everything, whether you like the calls or not, uh, they still had the opportunity to, to put its imprint, to be the team that would be the aggressor and uh, and take over and, and, you know, build something early in the second half. And if Iowa State takes a lead there, uh, yeah, the rest of the game probably plays out very differently. I, I would imagine it still would have been close, but certainly the Cyclones would have given themselves a, a great chance to win you know, had they been able to establish themselves early in the second half. 
Dave, you've been to tons of games at Jack Trice Stadium. Now you're also inside the press box, so a different kind of feel certainly for you. But heard from a lot of Cyclone fans. The environment just feels a whole lot different this year. Student section has been moved, the separation between them and the band mm-hmm. now. From your perspective, and I know it's different than being a fan in the stands, but has it felt different to you? It hasn't to me, but again, like you say, you know, being up there in, in the press box is a very different experience. And uh, a lot of times, you know, they, they close the windows to make it more comfortable uh, temperature-wise in there. It's So it's hard to tell. And in either case, we're far enough away from the student section that it, it's hard to get a real good feel of it. I, I guess I haven't noticed anything different about these games. I mean, the two first, prior two home games were blowouts. What are you going to get out of that? The, the, I mean, that Baylor game when when those bad calls happened, uh, those <laughs> that was as loud as I've heard that stadium in uh, in a very negative kind of way, so to speak, with all the boos. And then when they overturned the uh, the Gyro Brock fumble, and what the end a zone called it a touchdown. It was it was an incredible moment, and I never I've never heard quite a pop in terms of. Uh, fans cheering for an officiating call after such a lengthy review. And, and I, I was really taken aback by how loud it got kind of suddenly there when the official made the announcement. Uh, but overall, I haven't noticed anything. But as you pointed out, I, I don't spend a lot of time uh, milling about in the stands during games. So, you know, let's, I want to talk about that because I don't think we did on Monday the Jirel Brock when he lost it. Is, is, I mean, had touchback written all over mm-hmm. it. But to his credit, and Dave, you know what? This was a good call. For my money, it was a good call. I've seen still photos. You throw that out. Yep. Somebody um, in one of the Eastern Iowa, I believe, or one is not a Central <laughs> Iowa television station, was actually right in front of it and has the video. It's a hell of a play by Brock. He gained control and did so when he had a knee on the ground in bounds. Terrific play after what looked like was going to be a disaster. Yeah, and give you know Brock credit for not giving up on the play. I mean, he felt that ball come out obviously from behind, but you know he saw it was still inbound, saw he had a chance to make a play. And I'm sure his instincts just kind of took over, and, and so he you know snapped at the ball with his hands and and gave himself a shot to to make a play. And it turns out he did. And I know there's always a lot of talk about how long it takes to do replay. And I, I have my issues with that. It, it probably shouldn't take as long as it usually does, or at least in a lot of cases it shouldn't take. But I think it worked out pretty well yeah. because they took a lot of time to really look at that play and make sure that Jairo Brock got control of that ball, and it worked out pretty well for the Cyclones. And I agree. I think it was the right call. He could have been one of those stanzas called. It's I certainly surprised the hell out of me. That's and, what uh, I thought it was going to be. Right? But it was the right call when it, when it was all said and done. Uh, Noel had a terrific game, Dave. I guess, um, obviously... Uh, look, we know what Hutchinson's going to do, but you're going to need more, right? And Stanley's emerging. I thought that maybe was his breakout game. Like to see the steps forward we anticipate he's going to take. But no, we knew he had it in him, and we certainly saw it against Baylor. Yeah, and really, you know, we've talked about that before. He's a guy who has an opportunity to step up to fill in some of the gaps when they're trying to take away X. You know, it's hard to do, obviously. Even Iowa couldn't do it. But a lot of teams, and Baylor among them, uh, are going to be focused on Taking, trying to double cover Xavier Hutchinson, trying to take him out of the play, but that's just going to leave more open space for guys like Noel and Stanley and the other receivers. And Noel really stepped up. He secured the ball and, and made sure that he was in the right places. And give Hunter Decker's credit, too. I think he's doing a better job, or at least showed it last week, of, of going away from Hutchinson. If, if the play isn't there, not trying to force it, taking what the defense gives you, and, and giving Noel a chance to, to make a play. So we'll see how that continues. I'm sure other teams will continue to try to double cover Xavier Hutchinson, but if Noel or Stanley can make him pay for doing that, 
that opens up everything for the Iowa State offense. Kansas is the bell of the ball right now in the Big 12. National notoriety just out of the side of the top 25 at number 26 in the AP poll is Jalen Daniels, but he's not alone. That offense can really move the football outside of Daniels. What else concerns you most about the Jayhawks offense? Uh, I think it's the two running backs, um, and and both are good in their own right. You know, they have you know they have a starter, but they also have kind of a backup who will get series. They'll, they'll play him for you know a handful of plays in a row to to give the starter a, a, a rest. And then a couple times they also you know pulled out the direct snap to the running back and, and got at least one touchdown out of that against West Virginia a couple couple weeks ago. Uh, so those are the things to watch out for. And, and the thing about Daniels is that he does a really good job with the mesh point that that's part of the the zone read where he'll stick the ball in the running back's belly and hold on to it and see how the defense reacts and then decide whether to pull out and keep it himself or give it to the running back for a run. And they hold that a long time and you got to be very disciplined when they do it that way. Uh, because you can be really fooled by focusing on the ball instead of focusing on your assignment. That's the man who might or might not have the ball, but you gotta, you gotta stay with your assignment on defense. That's something Iowa State didn't do particularly well against Baylor last week. They got, they got, they bit hard on that reverse flea flicker play. <laughs> you know, that's just one, uh, one example of, of how, what they call eye discipline. You know, if you don't have that, it, it can really burn you. So you gotta keep focused on that mesh point. Make sure that when, when those hand, that, and handoff actually comes before you try to go after the ball. So that'll be key for Iowa State, focusing on those mesh points and making sure that they are assignments down, uh, matching up against the quarterback and the running backs. And nowhere number 47 is for, for Kansas, the defensive end. Uh, Phelps is his last name. Can't think of his uh, his first name, but he's got a whole bunch of sacks. I believe the sack leader in the country has got five or five and a half, and he's right there uh, with four. So he does some damage. Look, Leipold went out. He hit the transfer market hard. He brought in a whole bunch of guys that uh, he, he knew this roster needed some help, uh, and he was willing to go down that path, and it's paid immediate dividends, Dave. Yeah, and there's a huge difference between having, you know, your full scholarship allotment as opposed to not. I mean, they, there was some, you know, NCA discipline that resulted in a loss of scholarships. There were struggles recruiting that they couldn't fill their scholarships. They had attrition that opened up more scholarships. So they, they, they are at or close to the full 85 limit. Matt Campbell pointed out yesterday, it wasn't until year three at Iowa State that he truly went, you know, went into the season, went into a fall with all 85 scholarships accounted for. And you can, you can make, uh, you know, a, a pretty good case here. If you don't have that kind of depth, if you don't have Big 12 quality depth, you're, you're not going to be able to compete because guys are going to get hurt. Guys are going to get tired. They're going to need a rest. How is that second or even, you know, sometimes third unit working out for you? You, you got to have those guys available and they need to be play, be able to play at the Big 12 level to make yourself a contender in Kansas. They might not be all the way there quite yet, but they're certainly closer than they have been in a long time. And, Leifold was pretty smart, obviously, about how he hit the, the transfer portal because he just he didn't just go and get bodies. He got some guys who he thought would fit with what he wants to do, both schematically and in terms of the culture he wants to build there. So it's worked out pretty well for him. I, I'm not surprised to see him having success. I figured four wins all season would be a pretty good number mm-hmm. for Kansas this year, but it's gone beyond even what I expected. What was the total, Trent? Two and a half? Is that what it was? Yeah. It's low. I know it was low. Two and a half, and they already blown by it. Yeah. How about that? Let's uh, take a look here at another component, and that is, of course, injuries. Norton was able to play a snap. I think that's what it was, or at least got mm-hmm. a carry in the game. We didn't see Jake Remsburg, though. 
ramping up. Norton, if he played even a little bit, you know he's got to be getting closer and closer to being out there even more this season. What about Remsburg, who we thought we might see last week? Yeah, Matt Campbell was asked about both Remsburg and Norton uh, yesterday, and his response was basically, they're both available. <laughs> and that's it. And they were available last week. They might not have been quite to 100%, so maybe they held back on those guys a little bit. I think with Norton, it might have had to do more with the flow of the game and that Iowa State was playing from behind and had to throw more, and they wanted you know, Brock in there for protection and, and to be uh, part of the receiving core as well. Uh, Remsburg, I was a little surprised he didn't see any snaps, I don't think, or very few, if any, last week. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets more. I, I'd be a little surprised if he starts, uh, but I, I think he'll get on the field more. Of course, I said that last week, so who knows? Uh, and, and, of course, Matt Campbell isn't going to let us know uh, his plans on that front, but uh, I'll be surprised. I mean, these guys have been working their way back, and there's been teases and hints about how they've been able to play, and he said flat out yesterday, they're available, so we'll see. Uh, when's the official start of basketball practice for both Fennelly and for Otzelberger? Do you know? I think they I think they started yesterday. Yeah, they, did they? I've yeah. seen on social media, yeah, right. official start. And a couple weeks, uh, the second week of October, both programs will have their media days. Gotcha. All right, since you're both Twins fans, you're getting a new logo. Did you see that? What? Yeah, I, th- I thought I saw something. Yeah. Like, is it an L? <laughs> no. It's, I, it's an IL based on what happened. Really? Yeah. Uh, so are you good with that? Uh, depends on what it looks like. When are they going to release it, Dave? Did you click on the article? Yeah, I think after the season here. Not Hopefully not too long after the season, but we'll see. And I also saw they're upgrading the scoreboard already. Actually, I guess they, they said that they're overdue to upgrade the scoreboard anyway because they can't get replacement parts for what they have, but it's going to be an even bigger scoreboard there at Target Field. So I'm looking forward to that, too. What a collapse by this, by this franchise this year. Uh, give credit to the Guardians, I guess. Dave Sproul. Dave, uh, good luck. Uh, have a safe trip, you and John, heading down there on Saturday morning. So when will you get ETA in Lawrence's what time? 10, 10.30 in that range. Straight to the press box set up, 2.30 kick. You're on the air at what time? 12.30 in the afternoon, 14.30 KSI, 100.3 The Bus, your favorite Cyclone Radio Network station, and the Varsity app as well. Good stuff, Dave Sproul. We'll talk to you next week. Dave, thank you. My pleasure. Good to talk to you. Dave Sproul of 14.30 KSI and part of the Learfield Broadcast. All right, uh, John Camp kicks off our number two. Mitch Holtis on the Chiefs, his regular spot at 11.30. Trent's plays of the day. How'd you do yesterday? Had seven games? Two and five. Not good. Uh, Hour two coming up next. Miller and Con, the Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.